What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? This is Tony Catalina from bloggingtheboys.com, and you are listening to another episode of the First and Ten podcast powered by SB Nation. Uh, today, again, I said last week Dave Sturchio would be back. I'm sorry if I'm lying. I did think he would be back, but Sturch <laughs> is not again. He is not with us here this week, so you will have to deal with my voice again. And uh, alongside my trusty colleague here, Aiden Davis. Aiden, how are you doing today? I'm good. We're getting some bonding time now that Sturch is out. I know. Just, it's me and you. Leaving us, abandoning us. <laughs> exactly. No, we're kidding. We were talking about uh, before we came on the Masters. Um, is that, you know, I mean, we were talking about the prices of it and the Super Bowl and everything like that. Is it comparable uh, to golf? Like, is, is there another golf event or any really sporting event outside of football that gets you as charged up as maybe like the Masters does? If you count the month of March Madness, I'd say mm. that's that gets me like I was thinking about the other day, like the first weekend of March Madness, in my opinion, is the best weekend of sports. And then I'd say the best single event weekend would be the Masters. And then the Super Bowl's nice, but it's this huge buildup, three hours, and the most of the time people are talking over the TV. I like the Super Bowl, but I think it ranks third in my power. What, what's your power ranking of sports events? Wow. No, that's a great question. Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go chalk here because I'm uh I'm super bland, I'm boring, I'm easy to discover, but figure out here but definitely i mean to me super bowl is my number one i look at that as like christmas morning when i wake up sunday and then there's that weird feeling of you know on christmas where you go and you open the presents and you realize like okay like i can't wait i'm so happy it's christmas but then you realize it's over and you get another that's, year to go <laughs> that's part of the reason that the super bowl doesn't like it's not my favorite is because after the game ends when the confetti is raining i go into a period where i'm like actually sad for like 24 hours that football is oh, officially over yeah like there's nothing else now we're in the off-season mode and us as cowboys fans here we um we know how that feels a little earlier than most people but you know <laughs> to kind of finish out that list one i would say the yeah. super bowl two is the college football championship which i hate the fact that it's what like monday nights at like nine o'clock i just the same thing with the basketball like same I, with yeah you know, and I'm it's horrible. standard time. So I know you're, you're you get an hour earlier than me, but 920 kickoff, you know, the game. I mean, I got work the next day. I had work that day. So for me, it's it's a tough deal. But number three, oh man, I think I would probably put the masters on there. I, I mean, I've been supercharged up this whole weekend and, you know, Sunday, I wish, you know, I was rooting for Tiger just like most people were. And yeah. just to see him kind of go out there and do what he did uh, this weekend. I'm super impressed all the respect in the world for that. And, uh, but I would love to see him in contention. So before, you know, I still spotlight in that. What's your three. It was your question after all. Oh, big, big, my 
best i i think i'm sticking with number one do you count do i get to count march madness as one event or yeah in in my eyes for sure number one i'm going yeah number one i'm going march madness number two i'll go the super bowl even though it's it's really sad after the super bowl and then number three number three i'd probably go the college football championship just because i'm yeah we're both Mm. football guys but Absolutely. You're right. It, it being on a Monday, it doesn't have the same shine as like the Super Bowl does, where you get the entire day to just look forward to the event. Absolutely. And kind of to touch on what you said about March Madness, the whole event as a whole, for me, that's round of 64 when games are going off like every hour starting at like 11 a.m. is like the best day ever to sit there and just watch all those games, man. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it is amazing. I I think it's so fun. March Madness. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, like I said, we could, we can go on for days about that, but what we'd rather go into is, Hey, Aiden, you know what? They got a, <laughs> they had a free agent <laughs> signing this week. I don't know if you heard, but the Cowboys have signed running back Ryan Nall. And, uh, you know, he's been three years in the league. He's had 33 appearances in that time frame. Um, only six rushes and 12 yards. I think he's going to make his, his bones and make his money on the special team side of things. Uh, Aiden, what's your first initial thought on this? My first thought is everybody's going to be rushing to the Ryan Null jersey. I got to buy it before they all sell out. Well, in um, fairness, he took out your Edo <laughs> Smith. He took out your Edo Smith guy, which I know you're a big fan of. <laughs> this is this is actually this was actually my first thought is that I think Ryan Null, if you're comparing him to 2021 Cowboys players, I think he's going to be more of the Edo Smith. I don't think he's going to be the Corey Clement from last season. So I do think that whether they believe Jaquan Hardy is going to take over that third running back role, whether they're going to use a fifth, one of their four fifth round picks on a running back. I do think they're still going to address the position. So I don't think Ryan Null is going to enter the season as the third running back. It's, it was a, when you sent the tweet to me that Ryan Null signed with the Cowboys, I had probably forgotten about it 15 minutes later, just because it was cool. (laughs) He's with the Cowboys. Right. Next. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. And, you know, um, it's not his fault, right? It's not no, no. Ryan Null's fault. It's it's kind of what the Cowboys offseason has been. It's It didn't matter who that was. It could have been anybody without, like, a, a big pedigree. And, and Cowboys Nation was probably not going to be super thrilled or super enthusiastic. Um, but, you know, like I said, he's going to come in. He's going to fight for a job. And I think, you know, I haven't seen the numbers yet. I don't know if they've even released his contract numbers, but you're going to look at a guy who's going to come in and try to compete on the special teams level and and see what he can do. I mean, I don't think any job is promised for him, but um, <laughs> they signed somebody and it's somebody that wasn't with the team last year. So with the Cowboys, you know, that's that has to count for something. Right. And um, <laughs> kind of pivoting off that a little bit, them also doing some Due diligence? Is that the right word for that? I mean, they were looking into uh, trading for some wide receivers. Did you did you believe the hype in that? Or is that more just like smoke and mirrors, so to speak? Yeah, it's I never really know what to think because I know as fans, we're always disappointed whenever a free agent signs somewhere else or whenever some players traded and the Cowboys were in the talks. And I I get tunnel vision where I want us to sign every free agent. I want us to trade for every player, but at some point it just gets coincidental where I don't know why 
the Cowboys are constantly involved in these talks, like Bobby Wagner, Taron Matthew, Devontae Parker, and now Brandon Cooks. It's like every big move that's not a quarterback this offseason, it seems like the Cowboys were at least partially doing their due diligence about. And so I don't really know why we're always involved in these. I have to believe that with Brandon Cooks and with Devontae Parker, they they're somewhat close, but I, I just I don't think it was any I don't think it was like a Randy Gregory situation where he was about to sign with the Broncos, chooses the Cowboys, and then obviously switches back to the Cowboys. I just I think it's a little I think we're on the fringes calling ourselves we're really close. But do you think we're ever close? You know, it's funny because I think, you know, as well as I do any type of, you know, traction or if you want a little attention in the media, if contracts aren't going your way, um, throw the Cowboys name in there. You you get all the attention you need. So um, as soon as the Cowboys in Brandon Cooks got mentioned in the same sentence, they locked him up. Not even what, two hours yeah. later. So I remember I even released an article over at blog of the boys talking about the three, three wide receivers I think would be good for them to explore trading for. And Brandon Cooks was one of them. So you could cross that off two hours before the print was, you know, not even the ink wasn't even wet on that yet. <laughs> drying on that. But um, yeah, it's, you know, I, it's funny because that I, that's, it leads me to believe like, is there some type of, conversation being had obviously they're trying to better the team and obviously they're looking to see what they can do but is this smoke and mirrors kind of like how i mentioned before or is there legitimate like interest in these receivers because i think we can go back to the amari cooper situation if if you were looking for somebody to replace amari cooper and you told us it was all about the money why wouldn't your first inclination be to try to negotiate, you know, try to restructure that contract? Because now we're playing a catch up game here where Michael Gallup, you know, let's say on the worst side of things, looks like you won't be ready for the first month of the season. But realistically, we're looking at somebody who's going to miss one to two, maybe three games in, in the beginning. They leave you really thin at wide receiver without knowing what they're going to do in the draft. And we'll get into that a little later here today. But um, it, it leaves wide receiver to go from a, a, a huge like plus on this team that we all felt excited going to the 2021 to a real question mark in this year. And if you're going to go out here and trade draft assets for wide receivers, you already had Amari Cooper here. And, and it, it leads me to believe that it had to been more personal. It had to be more behind the scenes because the guys you're looking at aren't even better than Amari Cooper in my eyes. Like I would, I mean, maybe you feel differently, but I would take Amari Cooper over Devontae Parker. I would take Amari Cooper over Brandon cooks and you're in on both of these guys, so to speak. So for me, it's a little head scratching, but I ask you, Aiden, um, is this move? I mean, are these moves that you think the Cowboys should make? Are they kind of just, you know, just like I said, not to keep bringing up the phrase, is this just due diligence? Are they just dip it, dipping the toe in the water? Or do you think they're really going to pull the trigger on something? I don't know if they'll actually pull the trigger. If I had to bet, I say that they don't just because trading for veterans, it, it gets a little bit tricky and you only see like when we're talking about these like fringe veterans, you don't really see a lot of them throughout traded throughout the off season. But here's what else in terms of if I want it, if I want them to make the move, I'm a hundred percent in. And I know if you listen to last week's podcast, it kind of seems hypothetical or hypocritical where I don't want the Cowboys to draft a receiver, but the way that I view veterans, I, I mean, I'm comparing them against these guys that we could get in like the second round. And so if 
if you ask me, would you rather give up a third for Devontae Adams or would you rather take a second on a flyer on a guy like Pickens out of out, out of Georgia? At that point, it gets tough because Pickens is a huge question mark. Devontae Adams has proved that with a solid quarterback, he has it. And so my philosophy is always take the established veteran. If don't obviously don't give up a first, but if you can get him for a third, if you can get these established veterans for a fourth, maybe package two of your fifths. I'm completely in on doing it because I like having the guaranteed asset, even if they don't have the upside of a guy like Sky Moore. No, I, I actually agree totally with that because the way I look at things here is the Cowboys aren't really moving as a team that were pretty close last year. I mean, being 12 and five running away with the division, obviously the first round of the playoffs didn't go the way we wanted to, but I thought we, I think we would all agree that this team were, were as close to the promised land as they have been in a while. Um, They've moved backwards ever since, you know, the season has ended and it's, it's kind of a head scratching thing. Like, all right, if you're going to, invest in the draft, which you should do every year, right? The draft is important. You want to stack up, you know, try to hit as many home runs you can in every round. Um, understanding that the the hit rate on draft picks are extremely low. I mean, they do well in, you know, and there's only a handful of guys that are, you know, consistent contributors on this team, but yeah, moving on a guy like Devontae Adams and making these trades would make me believe somewhat that they were all in for this year or that they were looking to really win now. But then again, you sit there and say, why play games with Randy Gregory? Why get rid of Amari Cooper over personal feelings? Why let L Collins go? Now I understand, you know, they, they like Terrence Steele. I mean, but if, if there's people inside of there that truly think that Terrence Steele is better than Lil Collins, that's their prerogative. I don't agree with that. I don't know if you would agree with that, but at the same time, some of these moves just don't make sense. I guess is what I'm trying to say is why would you do what you did leading up to this? And then tell us you're in on Devante Parker, tell us you're in on Brandon cooks. And then it kind of leads me to my next point of, is it, is it just, you know, is it media talk? Is it just to kind of quell? I mean, I know they're not worried about the fans. They're not worried about really the perception of things, but it, it almost feels like, Hey, look, we're doing something like we're trying, we keep coming up short. We're trying, but I don't know how you feel about that. Aiden. I mean, is it something you think that they would really be out here just kind of, you know, kind of poking the nose around? Are they really looking to make something happen? The only pattern that I've seen from this off season is they're trying to, they're trying to add as much flexibility as possible. Like they didn't, they, it seemed like they wanted to sign Randy Gregory, but they they weren't willing to pay up and pay above what the Broncos were spending for this long-term contract. They're giving themselves more flexibility with Demarcus Lawrence. The Michael Gallup contract's incredibly flexible. Obviously, they got rid of Collins. So it seems like all these moves are to add flexibility, and so it kind of seemed like if they're going to make a big move like this, another example, they didn't sign Bobby Wagner because obviously they weren't willing to pay pay him for five years like the Rams will. So it just seems like they want to be able to move in the short term, whether you want to, you can throw out your conspiracy theories about 2023 and what that can mean at the head coaching position and what the head coach would want. But it just seems like all the moves that they're making right now are to get flexibility. And so if they do make a move, it's going to be on a contract that, is flexible. I don't see them taking on a really bad contract, even if they believe in the talent. Um, just because like in 2023, I see them getting out of the Ezekiel Elliott contract. And after that, 
the only big name you're really paying for the long term is Dak Prescott. And so I think they're just trying to they're they're trying to free up some space to move next year. Yeah. And that kind of brings us to the next point we discussed or we talked about discussing here is um, as this roster is constructed. I mean, they did bring in Ryan Nall and, you know, there are some little pieces to be moved, but um, to be made, excuse me. But as we're sitting here, do you think the the absolute meat and potatoes of this roster is, is set in stone as we head into the draft? I mean, a I guess it's a two-part question is, A, do you see them making a move that actually could make a significant change in this team prior to that? I mean, what are we, two weeks out now from the draft? Or, and B, um, if if so, is there even anybody out there in your mind, I know it kind of put you on the spot a little bit, that is even worthy of bringing in that could make some type of impact at this time? Yeah, Um I don't know. It's tough. I, I do think that the meat and potatoes of this roster, if I had to put money on it, and we kind of touched on this last week, I do think it's here outside of the draft. I don't think, in my opinion, we're not going to sign any player that starts week one. And at this point, I'm kind of believing that we're not even going to sign a player that really is part of the regular rotation. Um, maybe I we you have to fill up the roster at some point. I'm sure there'll there's guys like, no offense, we hope you turn out well, but guys like Ryan Nall that I'm sure will might make the roster, might not, but even if he makes the roster, he's going to be a special teams guy. I think that we're going to see a lot more signings like that happen over the next few weeks, and so that's more of adding clarity to like when you get in the sixth and seventh round, what do the Cowboys need to address? Where can the Cowboys afford to take their shot? But the only name that I think I'd want at this point, and I'd love to see us take a serious two names I'd like to see us take a serious, like an actual swing at would be number one, Akeem Hicks. I'd love us to add an interior player. The fact that he's still not signed, it really makes me think that he could be cheap. He's older. You could get him on a short-term contract. And then going off that, I'd also like us to sign a guy like Dwayne Brown, an older tackle. Clearly he's not, he can't expect a long-term contract given his age. And so it would just be a perfect bridge player between t- uh, the Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins years and your next years at the tackles, whatever that may be. So that'd be the two names I'd look into. That being said, I don't think the Cowboys do. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. 
Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a PropG Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think I put a tight constraint on that question where, you know, they may not make a move pre-draft. I mean, I think at this point in time, it's going to be small kind of fill and gap moves. But the way the Cowboys have moved over the last few years is they've filled in as much needs as they can so they can go out and draft freely and be best player available. But this year, it seemed like they were content with you know, kind of losing some pieces and trying to keep their guys. So the strategy strategy in their mind may have been similar, but the execution of it looks a little different this year compared to the past. You know, I, I was just going over some of the free agents that are still out there and there are some names. I mean, I know this guy wouldn't, you know, make sense here and in the, in the, you know, they wouldn't pick him up, but this is Stefan Gilmore still out there. I mean, I think he can, he can help somebody. I think he can help a team. It may not be here, but you know, seeing guys kind of like, um, you know, Melvin Ingram and, and you mentioned Akeem Hicks. You actually took a couple of guys that were like right on the tip of my tongue as well. So, you know, <laughs> Dwayne Brown and Akeem Hicks. But um, what about even somebody like, a, you know, like a Jarvis Landry? I mean, I know it's, you know, we mentioned him before and he's looking for big money. So that's probably why he's sitting there. But, you know, somebody a little younger, four years younger, what about like a Riley Reef to be like a, a swing tackle type of situation? Now he's not, you know, some of these guys mentioning are not like head turning type of guys, but um, I could see the Cowboys doing something post draft. I think we're going to be able to sit down, evaluate the moves that they made, see exactly where they are. And I think they're content with that, which, you know, is frustrating for Cowboys nation to sit here and say, we saw the first wave go. We knew that was going to happen, but then waves two and three were like, what is going on? We're in the headlines for all the wrong reasons here. <laughs> yeah. Waves. Like waves two and three were especially difficult because wave one, yeah, we weren't rumored to be like we weren't in the Devontae Adams week state sweepstakes. We weren't in trading for any of the quarterbacks. So it wasn't really that upsetting because yeah, you're not gonna be involved with any of these players. It's pretty much only gonna be the Jaguars that are involved with these players. But then you yeah, you get to the second wave and it was like, I don't know, guys like Bobby Wagner, guys like Von Miller, guys like, oh. Well, if the Cowboys are interested now, maybe this is where we finally do something. Obviously, it didn't happen. So, yeah, I, th I think you hit it on the head. That waves two and three were incredibly difficult for Cowboys fans. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I don't want to, you, know, you know, kind of bang people over the head with that. We all know what happened. But, um, you know, kind of just the touch. Of, you can't really tell this, the story of this offseason without really kind of rehashing what has happened here. But. Moving forward, we want to play a little game here of over and under. We kind of try to gauge how we feel about this. Me and Aiden are trying to discuss exactly what we wanted to talk about. I think this may be a good idea to kind of see where we're at. And I'll kind of lead off and ask you this question to kick it off here. Over and under, the Cowboys will take, let's see here. I'm trying to think exactly how I want to word this. Over and under, the Cowboys will have nine draft picks. They'll make nine draft selections when it comes for the weekend. Do we have nine officially scheduled in? I, be I believe so. Let me double check and confirm that. I'm pretty sure you're right. Oh, so the question is, do they make a trade? 
I'm going to say if it if if that number is nine, if the Cowboys have nine draft picks, I'm going to say over. And it's always because and I don't know why this is the case. Whenever we get in the fourth and fifth round, there is it seems like every year and maybe this is just recency bias, but it seems like every year I always hear Cowboys are trading their fourth round pick for like two six round picks. And are like a sixth and a seventh. And so I think we'll end up taking like 10, maybe 11 players in this year's draft, but it's not no. going to be any, it's not going to be anybody that like, I don't think as smart as I think a lot of us would think it would be. I don't see us trading back in this year's draft. And maybe if a guy like Zion Johnson, if a guy like Kenny Green's available, take him. I have no problem with us just taking the best guy available at 24. But it, I, I don't hear any rumblings that we're going to trade back or that we're even looking to do so. Maybe we're surprised on day one. But I'm going to say over, but it's going to be a mild pick. Like a, we pick up two six-rounders for a fourth or a fifth. What do you, what do you I, think? You know, to be honest, I was actually going the other way a little bit, so we're going to disagree. I think they, they go under, and I think it's because they see somebody within, you know, the top 100 picks that they like that may have just fallen, felt fallen. You know how it's so you're talking with, about a big move. I'm thinking, I'm thinking this may be the opportunity, you know, and like I said, I already mentioned it. They don't care what we think, but this may be an opportunity for the Cowboys to say, yeah, like we already, you already know that we don't do big things in free agency. And this is where our wheelhouse is. This is where we got Will McClay. This is where we make our bread and butter. I could see them taking their 24th pick and, you know, using some of these conditional draft picks and, you know, and finding a way to move on up to get, you know, somebody that's within the top 100. I know it's bold and we didn't ask for bold takes here, but I think that they could find a way to get in the top 100 to make another additional pick. I think they end up taking like, you know, that that may take them from going from nine to maybe six picks in the draft. But if they get a few, you know, a few guys in the top 100 that they think can help right now, I think they would. Uh, gladly make that trade and i think that they, there's a possibility that they will i'd be completely fine with that and i haven't looked at any data or anything behind it but just like based off going off my gut i think i would be fine trading all four fifth round picks we have for one third round pick is that bold take you to say i know i mean i like that i i think we, we already talked about it on one of the round tables like fifth round picks don't hit like you think they do try to get in the top you know what is it 32 picks so we're talking about yeah in the top 100 ish those are when the that's where your team is going to be built and i understand that you need the late round picks uh, special teams guys but you're going to get the most uh you know most for your money in that early round selections there you mentioned the name that is actually my first over under question so over under 8.5 your confidence level in Will McClay on a scale of one to 10. This is, I guess, opinion. It's not, this isn't going to be proven, but just gauging how, just how confident are you in Will McClay? I'm going to say under, but it's at an eight. And so you got me by the half point. It's almost like you went to Vegas a couple of weeks ago. So you know how they work. (laughs) So you brought some of that little, that bookmaking back home. But I would say eight. I do have good confidence in Will McClay. I would it would be over to me based on what they've done in the past. But this offseason, I got a weird just a weird feeling about how they've been doing their business all offseason. So any type of I can't sit here and say I'm overly confident. And, you know, maybe I scale it back to like a seven point five because of that, because for me, it's 
there's still confidence there. I still think Will McClay is the shining star of this team, you know, even amongst all of the craziness. But I, I need to see it. I would love to see them hit. And, and you know, they tell us the free agency is what they do well, so we really need to see that come through. How about yourself? So my overall confidence level on Will McClay, I think I would side with you where it's probably like around seven and a half to eight. But for this year specifically, I'm actually going to, we're going to disagree again. I'm going to say it's like a nine or a nine and a half. Wow. Because what, based off what I know from this year, barring a, barring somebody really falling in the draft, it really seems like they're going to go offensive line or worst case scenario, they go receiver. So we know they're pretty much going offense and Will McClay's track record with first round offensive guys is just off the charts. And so that's the reason I have confidence in this year. If you told me Will McClay's taking an offensive guy in the first round, I'd say, perfect. I'm completely sold because I mean, you have Tyron Smith, you have Zeke, you have Dak Prescott in the, what was it? The fourth, right? Yeah. Fourth, yep. fifth, fourth pick. Fifth, fourth yeah. Pick. Yep. Fourth, fourth round pick. You have, I mean, even recently, CD, obviously, I st- still think CD is a hit. But so based off what I know of what we're planning on doing, I think it's going to be a successful year. Now, if you told me that if it was 2020 or 2021, ironically enough, for last year where he took Michael Parsons, that's where I kind of had a little pause. And I was like, oh, no, the track record for defensive players really hasn't been there. but. I, it seems like we're going offensive guys, so I'm very confident this year. It's so funny you say that because um, <laughs> I be, it's so funny because they literally stumbled into Micah Parsons, right? It's exactly. we're gonna give Will McClay the we're gonna give the team the credit for hitting on Micah Parsons, but it took for you know J.C. Horn, Patrick Sartan to not be there. It just they were like, here you go, here's a generational linebacker defensive end here's just a generational defensive talent so it's so funny how um just the fate sometimes could make or break these drafts i mean if nothing else comes out of this draft getting micah parsons you're like wow 2021 man it it was impactful (laughs) if if i could know the answer for like one hypothetical question from last year i'd love to know the answer if jc horn and michael were still on the board what does will mcclay do because i think if if it was Patrick Sertan and Micah, I think they go Sertan, but Horn and Micah, what would they have done in that situation? Because one is a clear hit and one so far hasn't really panned out, but obviously has a long career. You know, it's funny if my memory serves me correctly, I think they were, I think they had JC Horn as their one. I think they had think Horn over right. Sertan. So, and that, and that came in late. That came in towards like middle of April where I think chalk, everybody thought Patrick Sartan was one. And then they were saying the Cowboys are, you know, JC Horn is their guy. And then JC Horn going eight. So it's like, I think it flipped late, at least maybe in the public reception. I think the the scouts may have loved the dog in JC Horn because he always had that edge and they want that edge at that corner position. But yeah, I I think, I think they wouldn't have taken Micah Parsons there. I think, I think they would have taken JC Horn, which is, I mean, like you said, JC Horn, the story's still to be written there. I think he's going to be a heck of a football player, but Michael I Parsons agree. is generational, generational. So um, you mentioned the offense and it kind of pivots. I'm going to stay in the draft here over under do the Cowboys take two offensive linemen in this year's draft. And it could be push. If you say push, that means you think they're going to take two there. 
are we counting this as like all nine picks? Yeah. Offensive. You know. All okay. Just so it's not a push, I'm gonna go over. I think they go. If I had to just put my money down right now, I say they go offensive guard in the first round. I think around the fourth round and may or maybe one of their fifth round picks, I think they go tackle or center. And then with like their seventh round pick or sixth round pick, I think they address one of the other two positions. But I I mean, that that last pick is iffy. So I, I definitely think they grab two offensive linemen this year's draft. Maybe that maybe there's another offensive lineman late that pushes it to three but i think your line is perfect i really think it's going to be two like players that we're actually looking at during training camp looking at can they make the roster kind of like what they did with josh ball last year where we're like okay is this guy for real are we going to be able to follow him so i say two maybe a third i'll go over just because let's assume they take an offensive lineman with the six round pick it's funny because you look at the numbers of it, nine picks. If they were to take three offensive linemen, they use a third of their draft to try to fix the front end of that. So that's kind of that's why I kind of labeled that, because if it's over, they're talking about an overhaul or at least they're trying to make an overhaul there. You know, they did it last year with defense where they're just like, OK, let's right. go all defense this year. I wouldn't even hate it. Like, I, I think we're both. I know he's an, an Aggie and you're a Longhorn, but Kenyon Green in the first round all in for it. Zion Johnson, I would be all in for it as well. Like I, I, I was slowly creeping to team wide receiver, but it just feels like a, a luxury, you know, it kind of feels like a luxury, at least round one. If one of those two guys are there, I think you run with the card. They're going to be your day one left guard. And now you have some continuity across that line and some talent across that offensive line. But I, you know, you went over, I think it's going to be pushed. And obviously I asked the question. So I think that's why the two was fresh on my mind there, but I think they're going to take two offensive linemen. I think, you know, guard first round. And I wouldn't be surprised if the third or the fourth, they try to get a tackle somebody to kind of compete with Josh ball, because I mean, outside of Terrence Steele, Tyron Smith, they need, they need some competition at that offensive tackle spot. And, you know, yeah. they may still be able to get somebody in the third or the fourth round. Um, but, we'll, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. And just going off that, I mean, I wouldn't be super disappointed if their first two picks were guard tackle or guards. If you really like a center, mm. take a center. I do kind of trust Biotish to at least, let's see what he is for another year. But if you go... If you go guard tackle, I would not be disappointed whatsoever. But how do you? So I was going to ask you that. Then how do you feel about a tackle on a premium pick? Because it would be, he'd be on the bench, right? I mean, if if you just go rid of Lyle Collins because you think Tyron Steele is the right tackle, if Tyron Smith is healthy, he's playing. The question is, you know, you you might take the tackle because he hasn't shown to stay healthy. But if he's healthy, that tackle that you've taken in the second or the third round is somebody that's going to be on the bench. Yeah, I'd be fine with it just because if you really trust in this guy and you believe he can develop into maybe not a Tyron Smith, but we're talking about maybe he turns into he's a he's a more consistent Lyle Collins. He's a Lyle Collins that stays on the field, a pretty good tackle that you can count on when healthy. Then I'm fine if he sits on the bench for a year because I mean, I've been kind of saying this all offseason where. Tyron Smith's time, he's getting old. His time's coming up, especially with the injuries he's dealing with. Lyle, Terrence Steele, we don't really know what he 
if he's going to be the guy. And so we're entering a complete new era of tackles for the Dallas Cowboys very soon. And I'd like us to address it before we have to compared to when like now where it's, you can develop, you can see what they are for a couple of years. Would you not, are you against no. them taking a tackle with a luxury pick? No, I mean, the way you said it makes a lot of sense to me. You don't want to wait till it's a need. And if, if there's somebody there you like, and that's just how the board fell, I'm all for it. I just think that in a year and I, I, Maybe I'm thinking too much about what the perception of it would be, but in a year where they've made a lot of head-scratching moves or some people don't love them, to take a guy that wouldn't be an immediate impact on a, on a team that needs impact players, I think it would be looked at. And it would furthermore that conversation you said about 2023, right? Because if you're taking somebody that's not going to play this year and you're like, well, there it is, 2023, they're thinking about the future. They didn't give money out. So um, I'm in for it. I think you take the best player available. That's how I would always draft. I, I hate picking for need. If that's the best player in the second round, then you know, put it in there. So one more draft question, at least from what I have. When, okay, so I'll put this as over under two and a half. When do the Cowboys take their first defensive player? Okay. Do you think, because my thought is it's, we went defensive heavy last year. I think this is going to be an offensive heavy draft, but do you think they take a defensive player in the second round or do you think they push it off? I say, I think it's, I think it's over. And I think the earliest we can discuss it would be the third round. I could see them. I think, you know, in all honesty, I think it's going to go either, offensive line wide receiver or wide receiver offensive line in the first two rounds. I think as far as I'm concerned, and now we'll go, we'll get to the draft and one thing will change and it'll flip on its head and it won't look like anything we ever thought it was going to. But as I sit here, it's going to be a combination in my mind of offensive line wide receiver. So the earliest I see them going is third round and it could be a D end. It could be, you know, some type of, they might, they're going to need a linebacker because linebacker is a sneaky big need as well. So, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. I think that's a great question because I do think that they need to go offense this, this draft. And I do think that the third round is probably the first realistic chance they're going to go ahead and attack the defense. Yeah, I agree with you. I, it's kind of boring. I, I, but I do, I, everything you said is completely right. I mean, I don't know how sold I am on like, like, like I've said all offseason, I don't want us to draft a receiver, but based off the Devontae Parker news, the Brandon Cooks news, the just the list of our pre-draft visits, it does look like the Cowboys are looking to address receiver at least somewhat. Maybe that'd be a second-round pick. So I do think you have it right. Where It seems like they're going to oscillate between receiver and some type of lineman with the first two picks. The one caveat I'd say is, again, based off the pre-draft visits, if a guy like a Nicobe Dean falls to us, if a guy mm. like, I don't know how serious they are about Devin Lloyd or what the, that's this linebacker out of Utah. I don't know what the deal is there. If they take him, if he falls at 24, but I do think that if, if a guy, if a linebacker that they really, really like makes it to 24 or to the second round, I do think they pulled the trigger on that one. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I mentioned it last week. I'm I'm number one in the Kobe Dean, you know, fan club. I would if he's there, I I'd be hard pressed not to put that in there. But you know, based on thinking what I think they're going to do, I think they would go guard. You know, I think they're going to go offensive line. But 
yeah, I'd be really hard pressed to find a reason not to take N'Kobe Dean. I think him pairing him with Mike Michael Parsons would be an absolute home run uh, combination between each other for the next 10 years. But it's really interesting to see where they're going to go. And, you know, we're getting really close, man. I mean, <laughs> the draft is what are we not even what are we two weeks away like about two and a half two weeks, weeks away yeah it's yeah we got realistically we have two more shows here on the first and ten podcast before it's we're going to be talking about draft selections not drafts what they're going to do we're going to be actually talking about what they did so that is uh that is pretty exciting and you know speaking of it being almost the middle of april now the year is flying by football is going to be here before we know it but uh uh, before we wrap up here, Aiden, is there any uh, any final thoughts you got for us? Anything that uh, has been sizzling in your spirit the last week or so since we last spoke? I don't think I have anything to. The one thing I'll say that's like I've, I, I wouldn't say it annoys me, but just kind of confuses me is I like Greedy Williams and like the when we talk about corner cornerback prospects. I mean, we've kind of ignored it on this show, but like the general consensus is like, let's look at Sauce Gardner. Let's look at Greedy Williams. What if, what if the only thing I'll say, I don't like, I don't really understand it because I don't think cornerback is a need whatsoever. I obviously have Trayvon. I really do trust Anthony Brown. I think he's a very, very, very solid cornerback too. And between Jordan Lewis, Jordan Lewis is the weak link, but then you have I loved what I saw from Kelvin Joseph last year. I think if there's one guy that's going to take a huge step forward, it's not going to be Jabril Cox. It would actually be Kelvin Joseph. From that, mm. That'd be my pick for me. I like that. And so I that, that's the one thing that's been burning on my mind that I don't know. I don't think cornerbacks in need. And if we went the entire seven rounds without taking a single cornerback, I'd be completely fine with that. You know, it's. I think I got teased a little bit because I love Derek Stingley. I think that kid can play. And, you know, and they were talking pre his pro day, like, oh, he's dropping this, this concerns with this, this concerns with that. And he went out there in the pro day and tested well. And now it's like, it's completely shut down. There's nobody's even thinking about the fact that he's going to be there at 24. And, you know, it would be a complete luxury pick, like you said, because I'm in, I'm in on Calvin Joseph. I think Trayvon Diggs, we've seen what he is capable of. And I think he, his floor is a lot higher than I even thought. Like we saw what his ceiling looks like, but I think Trayvon Diggs' floor is only rising as well. Um, but pair, if man, I just, the thought of Derek Stingley with Trayvon Diggs and Calvin Joseph, like it, it just, it gave me, uh, gave me goosebumps thinking about the, the, the lockdown uh, ability they had there, but you're right. Um, I just don't see him. I know you got something. What do you got here? Let me know. What name did I say earlier? Because the entire time I had Derek Stingley in my head, but I said Sauscar and you said somebody and Greedy else. Williams. You said Greedy, Greedy Williams. Williams. A cor- <laughs> the LSU cornerback from what two years ago? I yeah, got yeah, my LSU. Like... I, I got my LSU cornerbacks <laughs> okay. mixed up. Now I don't it makes know why. A lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you said Stingley, I was like. Wait a second. That wasn't the name that I was just saying. Why did I? Okay. My bad. Got my LSU <laughs> right, so quarterbacks messed up. Everybody listen to this. Rewind it. <laughs> replace the Greedy Williams. Put the Derek Stingley in there. And that's how he feels about 24 from LSU. So, yeah, <laughs> that is. Um, so, again, without, you know, I overspoke there, but we agree. We're toe to toe, lockstep with that. But um, for another episode of First and Ten podcast from Tony Catalina. Aiden Davis, 
I'm not going to promise you Sturch is going to be here next week because I don't know what his uh, schedule looking like right now, but I guarantee we'll be here and we got you either way. So appreciate it from the first and 10 podcast brought to you by blogontheboys.com powered by SB Nation. It's been another episode and we'll catch y'all next week. Peace. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.